0: What's up, everybody? Uh, this episode of the podcast, we have a special guest. We're gonna get to that in just a second. Rosie, how you doing, man? Doing well, good. We we're gonna say that again in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> that sounded like uh, don't do that ever. Again. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie Mrs. Doubtfire? Yes, that yes, was yes, yes, yeah. It was the first trans-friendly movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should probably they should probably love that movie.
1: What about a, a uh, was it a uh, the Crying Game? oh yeah
0: that was like way serious though yeah mrs doubtfire was like poking fun at it yeah you know and he wanted to get back with his wife too that was the whole thing (laughs) yeah which with that story with that story hello so still straight yeah yeah he was still straight he was um not a trap wait i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah no well yeah definitely not. would have been a trap it would have been a trap for her yeah. yeah that's so wait no yeah i don't know yeah. Anyways,
1: it's funny how that story came to be. It is isn't why it? they call it traps. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not going to go into. We're it.
0: not. Just Google it. You'll be fine. Don't Google it. <laughs> this
1: is a Christian show. We don't. Don't Google oh, that. That's right.
0: That's right. I can't uh, believe you said it. Oh, man. Anyways, all right. So, you know what that means?
1: Yes. So, our girl, our baby. Yes. Oh, if we have any new listeners, yeah. we do. We've been going through the weeks of a pregnancy. Because we're super pro life, and we are showing you every step of the way that's right what uh our fictional baby that we found out last week is a girl, yeah, and we go through each each week and what to expect when uh baby's coming, yeah,
0: because last week was rough, I was feeling those morning sicknesses <laughs> so <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh yeah, so super pro life life begins at conception, prior to conception, preach it but anyways, yeah, so this week our baby girl, sadly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, You're gonna give her a complex. Yeah, she can sense these no, things. She can um, sense okay, these things in whatever. the womb.
1: So, 22 weeks, baby is as big as a red bell pepper. All right. Uh, the it says though the eyelids are still she- sealed shut, the baby can perceive light and dark now. Mm. Shine a flashlight on your tummy, see if she moves. All right. It says uh, babies can't. Well, there you go. Babies can't. Babies ears can hear and process sounds yeah see i told you and they can grab they start grabbing oh yeah so there you go uh we still have eight we are past the hump we have 18 weeks to go
0: well i have an idea since her name since her since her size is a bell pepper yeah what if we call her bell We'll have to discuss your, this. Your silence is deafening. I'm going to raise her as uh, a boy. Uh, <laughs> it's going to
2: come out. <laughs>
1: you it's, can't do that. Yeah. How no. about I name him Sebastian instead of Belle? Get it?
0: Sebastian. Was no. it Bell and
1: uh, Sebastian in a band?
0: S- Sebastian Rock, Bach. Oh, whatever. Okay. Sebastian was a guy that was like a... Um, he was an 80s rocker uh, in a band called Dokken, I think. Or... Sebastian Bell
1: and Sebastian is a thing.
0: Is it an '80s rock band? '90s from Scotland. Oh, well, anyways, whatever. Sorry, I'm stuck in the it's '80s. Nice... You know why I'm stuck in the '80s?
2: Smoking that sticky, sticky <laughs> green stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had to work it in, you and had uh, we had it We always work that in. We do every and, time, uh, even if it's not good. Yep. Anyways, so we got a uh...
0: dude. You know what that means? Yeah, you cut me off with it. I'm sorry. Did you want me to restart it? No, that's okay hold on oh. such a trap talk about a trap
1: you just blew out everyone's ears i know well anyways that means we have a guest on the phone hey hey, hey. <laughs> so we have uh samantha sullivan yeah from she's a writer at the blaze and you will hear that um, after the introduction, when we explained that to you again, anyways, it was very fun. Yeah,
0: very fun interview. She's cool. She's very really cool. cool. Uh, re- recommend going on Blaze and checking out her her uh, her uh, writing r- art. Yeah, her articles because they're they're good, they're really good. Very good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I sound like an idiot. Uh, it's okay. They're good. Um, anyways, cool. Yeah. So uh, everything's out of the way. Everything's out of the way. Got the baby update, and we'll catch you on the flip side. So sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Doing well. Yeah? I'm, yes. I'm doing pretty good. The Redskins won today. We did. And I think Dallas lost, which is always a bonus for us. Yes. You know, as... as uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I said that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, you're going to... Our, our guest will get a kick out of that, but... um, Hey, man, what do you know? Hey, did you know that there is a place in florida a city
1: known the official title vernon florida it is known as nub city (laughs) because there is this craze of all these poor people having their limbs removed so they could get insurance money and it's like known (laughs) so they call this place nub city because like every all the people there just started doing it so they can get on this insurance payout that is so ridiculous. So they have all these <laughs> nubs.
0: <laughs> I wonder what the most popular nub to remove is. Like, you got to think it through. Like, you don't, does it count for a finger or do you have to like an entire limb? I, limbs. Wow. Limbs,
1: yeah. Man. Got all these double amputees. I mean, I guess would every spot be another handicap
0: spot? Right. Oh, yeah. True. That's crazy. Yeah. So there, you know. so there you go. There you go. Someone. They, nub sitting. Yeah. Nub city. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I'm excited about yeah. this, this episode of the podcast. Uh, we're gonna we have a wonderful guest. I'm gonna let you introduce since you get you you're, uh, you personally are friends, and I just wanted to. Uh, so I'm gonna kick it over to you, man.
1: Yeah. So we are very blessed to have on the line Samantha Sullivan. She is uh, yeah. <laughs> hey,
2: uh,
1: she she was the one giggling in the background, um, and she is a staff writer at the blaze or just blaze now, whatever it is with the the adjective or whatever it is. But anyway, she writes at blaze and, uh, she also does all sorts of digital content stuff behind the scenes. Um, so she is an integral part of the whole shebang down there in, uh, in where you are. I don't want to, I was just about to say Uh where it is, but uh, yeah, down in, uh, down in Texas, down South. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, to start it off, we always, to introduce you to our guests, or not our guests, the, uh, the listeners, how did you get started in um, working for The Blaze? That's, yeah, if you don't mind.
3: Yeah, um, so I was always interested in politics, and so I did, like, a bachelor's degree, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree um, in journalism. Not that you need that to do anything that I'm doing but that's what what I thought I needed to do Um, so I just spent time writing in college and kind of getting a feel for the landscape and then um, when I graduated I just kind of looked for a job for like a year and I think I applied at the Blaze about three times (laughs) and I finally got the call the third time and I got hired in 2017 and yeah I just been going
1: since then that's awesome yeah I like yeah. <laughs> I, I really like that there's uh. so to any people out there I was going to say this I ha- hear this question often that um, you know sometimes just apply and <laughs> you'll get a
0: job <laughs> right but
1: sometimes it's really cool so that's really cool
3: that uh,
0: well, I, I love did. that you knew what you wanted to do because you said you, that, you applied yes. three times so you must have really been drawn to that
3: oh yeah yeah Um, and it was like, so I knew I wanted to do news and politics. I didn't care like which form it was going to look like to get my foot in the door, whether it was social media or copy editing or actually getting the right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, yeah, I think I, I think I got rejected from, I mean, I had over 50 to a hundred interviews like wow. throughout, the in, yeah, throughout the industry and it was like getting really bad at the end because, I mean, your bills are all due, so um, (laughs) I took like a small job, I took like a job at a flower shop, and then it just wasn't for me, and then, like, helping him with social media, and then, like, I just, yeah, I just wasn't having a good time, like, it was just awful, and I just took a risk, and I quit, and then, like, a day or two later, uh, I saw the opening at the Blaze, and then I just applied, and, like, within a month, I was hired, so... That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So what did they, what did you yeah. start doing? Did you start off like in the mailroom, or <laughs> how'd that work
3: out? <laughs> oh no, it wasn't that bad. I didn't have to start off there. But so I started off as um, a content marketing writer. So basically, I would just package all of the shows for the website so um, people could find them hmm. and highlight, you know, the topical issues that the hosts were discussing that day. And um, then it morphed into a more digital role. So like went from writing for the website, like pretty much like a ghostwriter, right? Um, mm-hmm. for the website under the host's name to like the Facebook, more of like the face of kind of like the public facing stuff. So like Facebook, Twitter and then the website. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of it's always evolving. And but I started like, I I really wanted to write under my own name, so then I started pl- putting out my column last October.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so, um, yeah, I've gotten, like, a pretty positive response, so just keep doing it and keep going, and <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at right now.
1: I was going to say, uh, prior to starting um, the long pieces, it's funny because, so people were reading your words, <laughs> but they didn't even <laughs> know it, which is kind of cool to think about that. Tons of people Uh are reading your stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. 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 So
3: it's a really great place.
1: So maybe the next question to kind of go into that is um, you know, I stay up to date with news. Uh, I'm fairly active in the Mm -hmm. conservative, uh, you know, so obviously you're conservative if you work for the Blaze, right?
2: Right.
1: Accurate. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, you know, keeping up to date with everything, I was going to say there's not too many that I can think of. I'm thinking of a couple, maybe I can count them on, if I had to, on two hands, the number of women that are conservative that actually write and contribute to the culture other than... um, you know, just being like, hey, I'm a conservative girl and I like football and beer, and then saying, you know, (laughs) stuff like that and just, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, not really contributing anything, you know, you're writing stuff, you're doing stuff, you're actually in it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I mean that all in a very positive way. i am not trying to to delete anybody. But I'm just saying, like, you see all these, uh, you know, like e-girls or stuff like that that don't actually... Really know what they're talking about, or you know anything like that. So, right. how is being a conservative woman in actually working in the space like? Because there's just so many guys; it's just so male dominated.
3: Yeah, it is male dominated. Um, I never really like thought about it, honestly. Um, I've always tried to follow writers that I admire or leaders that I admire. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And then, like, I would read a lot of liberal publications, like, in college. And I still read, like, even though I complain about the New York Times <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I read everything they write because they are good writers. And um, I need to know what it is they're thinking because I already know what our side's thinking because I know I'm in my little conservative bubble on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I try and find... Um, people that I look up to, like I'm not really into the outrage machine. So like I I can tell you one thing, like if I see someone yelling at a phone camera, (laughs) like I'm the first to turn that off. Like I'm not interested (laughs) in that. Yeah. I just try to be like careful and mindful and, um, talk to people in my pieces the same as I would talk to them, like face to face or in person. Um, I think, yeah, it's just, like, knowing, I guess, I don't know, uh, it's, like, knowing, having enough self-awareness to, you know, when you're tweeting something or writing something to, like, know that you don't know it all. And, like, it's absolutely true when someone says, like, the more you learn or the more you read, the less you actually know. Right. So, um, it's just coming at it like that and... Um, and seeing, like, other people's mistakes or saying things that I don't like or someone putting out something that's super damaging without hardly a thought to it or something like that. So, I don't know. I just, I'm very observant of, like, what everyone's doing and, or not doing. And Mm -hmm. so I just kind of craft, try and craft, like, whatever I'm saying based on what I'm observing.
1: Right. And I was going to say the the kind of follow-up to that is, you i I respect you on twitter because exactly you're not jumping in and all of a sudden i just it's a breath of fresh air (laughs) i just had to say it Um, that it's just you know jumping on the latest thing um and putting out substantive work so i was just gonna say yeah um i appreciate that and it's interesting to see how uh you know how you think when (laughs) stuff comes up that uh not well, the quick to
0: what I'm amazed at is that a majority that we're getting out there now is just editorial pieces that it's really not news. Like mm-hmm. they're not telling me <laughs> what is actually happening. you know, It's right. always like what's happening uh, buried underneath a, a you know preface of my opinion and why I believe this. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, this is happening. And then at the end, they want to prop up everything else that they were promoting beforehand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's so yeah. frustrating to filter that out through. And so when, yeah. when whenever somebody actually does research and yeah. finds facts on things mm-hmm. and really uh, puts those things out there as real information, it always is helpful for me. I don't, you know, and I just have way more respect when I'm reading a piece like that versus, you know, editorial I call them puff, but I mean I need that some. We need that a little bit cuz some of them are very thought provoking, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I just feel like everything's that way now. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say one thing that was really
1: interesting, and I know you wrote, like you said, the whole piece about the fact that you still read the New York Times, which, I mean, I'm not, obviously, if you're still reading it now, (laughs) I I can't convince (laughs) you to stop. Um, Yeah. But uh, I was going to say, what, uh, I don't know, do you think that that's something our side is missing the fact that we, cause I'll be the first to admit as well, like you said, you're a little conservative cocoon. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I know I live in an echo chamber and I fully mm-hmm. embrace that. And I know that um, I do have, you know, that's what I care about. You know, that's, that's why I use social, you know, and this particular thing and read the pieces I read because I want to um, you know, I just, I don't care enough about what the, the other side's saying but do you think yeah. that that's something that's missing that we are so out of touch with what the other people, or the other people, uh, what liberals are actually saying? Do you think, like, would you recommend yeah. that more people read stuff? Like,
2: um,
3: Yeah, like, that's tough. I mean, because <laughs> I can read a piece, I can read a New York Times piece, and I'll get some really valuable information out of it. And then, like, okay, so maybe 80, maybe 80 or, I don't know, let's say, like, 60% of what I read, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I've never, I didn't know that. But Mm -hmm. then 40%, I'm basically, like, rolling my eyes because I know they're framing it in a way um, that is more, like, lenient or whatever to the left, right? So, um, uh, there's been so many pieces where, like, or the Daily. I'll listen to the Daily. Um, so I try and like mm-hmm. listen to the Potomac Watch by the Wall Street Journal in the morning and then the Daily because they always like write their different publications. One's mm-hmm. owned by News Corp and it's supposed to be like conservative or have like Wall Street interests. And then, of course, you have like the New York Times, lab, right? They're like very, very liberal. Um, right. So then, yeah, I'll listen to like the podcast and then see how they framed it. And then, um well, what information like did the wall street journal highlight that the new york times didn't highlight and like vice versa mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know like I, it's hard to speak like for every conservative i mean i know i've definitely gotten like from conservatives like oh uh, like why are you reading mother <laughs> jones right.
2: <And> I'm, like <laughs> i
3: know i know you're right but like there are some things that I feel like you should know their arguments. Right. I mean, because I feel like they make your arguments stronger. Exactly. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you got to know what they're thinking. I mean, I, I agree with you, Rosie. I think that there's a there's a benefit to knowing what what other people are thinking, especially if you're going to engage mm-hmm. in any type of of debate or.
1: Well, I mean, Sun Tzu. Uh, wrote right. about how you have to understand your enemy in order to exactly know what you're yeah. up against. Yeah, and,
3: right. yeah. I was gonna say like no sign enemy, but I, then I didn't want to call him our enemy, right? <laughs> because they're all they're like all Americans too. But I'm like, yeah. So that's pretty much what I preface it on is that.
1: Well, I'll say it. There are enemies and <laughs> so I'll, t- I'll take it. You know I mean, yeah. you didn't say it, I said it. But uh
0: yeah. Yeah. Well if yeah. they're if they're commies, then they're enemies and, and if they're promoting that then they're enemies. That's that's where we start. Oh yeah. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No commies problem. For sure.
1: Yeah. And I was gonna
0: say, so this is another interesting kind of segue, uh,
1: in talking about this weird culture, um, I guess if you will, or the milieu of Current so politics that really happens mostly on social media. Um, that we have talked, you know, you and I had talked a little bit about the this phenomenon of I, I heard the best term was displaced lefties that were like these people mm-hmm. that are they're they're liberal, um, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're but the the Democrat party is so far left that now they're. Basically, trying to be—I guess we're embracing them. Conservatives, we're embracing them, but it's—it's. It's, I don't like it, <laughs> and not yeah. that I'm like this uh, super uh, stringent. You know, like you have to agree on tariffs to be—you know—agree with me a hundred percent to be considered a conservative on in my eyes or something like that. But there's this really weird phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Of people that are like, oh, I'm not even really fully pro-life, mm-hmm. but I want to yeah. be. Uh, and now all of a sudden, we're like lauding them as these brilliant people on the right. Like, do you? Right. I mean, do you do you see that? Do you see if there if there is a place for that? Do you think that that's good that we're doing that? That um, do you think our value, you know, our values as conservatives are weakening because we're letting this dilution of everything. Does that make sense? The
3: question? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I struggled with that too. Right. Cause at first I was like, okay, you saw some of these people go from the democratic party and, or they felt like the democratic party left them. So they're kind of like hanging in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, the right embraced them because they rejected the radical ideals that the left is championing right now. Um, so like, I understand, I understand that they feel that, you know, they were left, but at the same time, I don't know what's the right, what is the right fascination with these people? Mm -hmm. Okay. So their party left them, but like, they don't still they're not embracing our values and I don't even know what they believe. Um, but they're attacking like both sides and I'm just like, Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I don't know how it's helpful to us to entertain like people stuck that way because I'm not like, I, who is, who's like on fire for someone who doesn't really know what they believe, but now they're playing like both sides or something. Yeah. So, I, um, oh, go
0: ahead. I was, what I was gonna say is it, it's when I read t- their Twitter feeds, some of these, uh, like people are coming to mind right now. It's like they're, the biggest thing that stands out to me is just critical. Like everything, mm-hmm. I rarely will see a praise about any on either side. You know, whether it's Republican yeah. or Democrat, you'll just see criticism on both sides. And it's almost like a—I um, <laughs> hate to say it this way, because—but we haven't named any names, so that's cool. So it's no one. If you take offense, then maybe maybe you should. But um, but uh, mm-hmm. it's almost like holier than thou. Like I, my moral stance is so much better than yours. And they're mm-hmm. doing it wrong. Like, you know, like the perfect example is like this whole thing that happened just with pulling out of, you know, pu- the, the Kurds and Turkey and pulling out of Syria that, you know, mm-hmm. people were criticizing the pulling out w- of which I agree. I think the Kurds, we needed we needed them to be strengthened and to you know i didn't want to abandon them and even though they're not necessarily 100 pro-american they're they're not anti-american so well i
1: I would interject and say they are 100 pro-american
0: well when we were feet yeah there's see there's sides (laughs) to this too right you know i was was just i threw that in
1: there (laughs) for the show
0: yeah right yeah but um but i just noticed that people were like oh and then i see people on the other side saying well where were you when obama did this and it affected yeah. the kurds or whatever you know and it's just like come on like like that's just probably a really bad example <laughs> that i just gave but it was on top of my head mm-hmm. so i apologize but uh anyways they seem holy oh, yeah, so like, yeah
3: like or the what about it um mm-hmm. yeah um that's the thing i don't i don't know like entirely what's the value of the right giving them like space on their platforms all the time. Um, Because I don't think it strength. It doesn't strengthen us in any valuable way that I see like, okay, like you're lukewarm. (laughs) I don't even know what you believe, but you're just mud swinging both sides. Like to me, like from the movement's perspective, I don't see any value in other than maybe they say, Uh, Or they have a few good tweets and they have like way more followers, but they don't actually contribute like to any thought, um, any thought leadership. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm in a weird place with that too, because I've like, I've met some of these people and like, I really enjoy their, you know, conversations and whatever in their backgrounds and hearing about them. But at the same time, I'm just like.
2: Uh, go wait. away <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> yeah i don't i just i don't know i like if i had like a national show i don't i would probably wouldn't give them their time.
1: <laughs> <Right>? exactly <laughs> i was going to say like there's this perfect example um which i don't mind naming this name jordan peterson like this he was just uh-huh. a perfect example in my mind cuz this is this academic who we, <laughs> i mean he's in canada but canada's they're worse than we are. Um, he, uh-huh. You have like this lifelong academic who was an open socialist. He's a lefty. He's always been a leftist. He's still a lefty, and all of a sudden he gets praised like, and now all of a sudden he's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month um, by telling mm-hmm. like, what did he get big on? He said, "I'm not going to name." I'm not going to make your you, bed. No, no. He said <laughs> before that <laughs> he, he went by vi- he went viral because he was. He said, I'm not going to call you by this made-up pronoun. You're being silly. Oh, right. And then yeah. all of a sudden, he's like, this guy, this open socialist professor yeah. that's been in academia mm-hmm. his whole life, who's a psychiatrist, which is even – that's even a very left-leaning – it's hard to find conservative. Right. Ther- I don't want to say therapist because there's some you know, church-related ones like that. But that academia is very leftist. And all of a sudden, we're praising him as being – the New face of this right wing movement, yeah. Clean your bed, something about lobsters, <laughs> and it doesn't make sense. you like, This guy's a socialist,
0: he's gonna make men out of yeah. the millennials or whatever, yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's so absurd.
1: So, I'm glad, yeah.
3: And good, well, like with him, like, I, I feel like we, okay, so I didn't like have my mind made up that Jordan Peterson about Jordan Peterson, I was following his work too, like. My husband has the 12 Rules for Life, read it, said it was good. Um, <laughs> I'm but <just> yeah. <laughs> well, like, so I guess for the right, I think someone, there's like this phenomenon on the right where someone says something that we like, and suddenly we kind of just focus on that one thing. Like, so he said he wouldn't um, use pronouns that the government uh, compelled him to, right? So mm-hmm. he used the Canadian human rights something, something. Um, so he said that and then I guess, yeah, right. It caught fire, went viral, I guess. Um, so he gets invited to, I guess what Joe Rogan, yeah, Dave right. Rubin or something.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and then, so people gravitate toward that one thing, that one good thing that he said, right. Cause like it lines up with their values or their ideologies. And then we just kind of throw out like the rest, <laughs> like we just overlook,
2: Everything prior to right.
3: that, so I'm guilty of it too because I don't know. I guess I didn't. I guess I see, like I saw people embracing him, so I thought,
2: okay,
3: well, hmm, yeah. So I, I think I'm, I'm definitely guilty of the Jordan Peterson stuff.
1: Too. <laughs> I think he got a lot of us. Hmm. Uh, I just didn't like him ever because he's Canadian, and uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's some good Canadians out there, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of listeners in Canada. What am I talking about? Yeah. All you guys are super awesome. Yeah, I, I'm, that was a joke. You guys should become Americans, and we'll send. Oh, wow. All the socialists out there, we'll trade you. Yeah, and then you won't have to be Can- Canadian
0: anymore. So there you go. Uh, sounds... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I was just gonna. I was. What made me, speaking of Canada and communists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i actually i read your article on blaze about hong kong and i really i want to talk oh, about yeah. this a little bit because um it's it's near and dear to my heart um i would really i i happened to be in china a few years ago many years well uh let's see i guess it was about five years ago um during the anniversary of tiananmen square and what, wow. what happened? I was, what was that? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the what square? The
1: victory of, uh, of mother China. But oh, um, <laughs> wait, can I say something really funny? Please, please. So I got, this is, uh, <laughs> this is a tip and I will give this to anybody. Yeah. So I got all these, um, I'm sorry, I'll, we'll get back to this, but I got all, I started getting spammed by all these fault, fo- like hundred followers that were all chinese mm. and they all had like one or two followers and they're all posting like weird selfies and all this stuff but I, it was all within like a month i got a 100 new tw- chinese twitter followers and so i tweeted out all these uh <laughs> these things in chinese and i just kept spamming <laughs> it for like two days and i was like tiananmen square like bing bong you know whatever in, in chinese <laughs> and all of a sudden I lost all these followers, <laughs> so I think. So I think if you get a bunch of Chinese spammers, if you start looking up forbidden words in Chinese, and you spam that in your Twitter feed, it will come up in their Twitter feed, and it'll be kicked off live. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good way to deal with Chinese. Sp- hackers or spammers. so yeah. anyways continue
0: <laughs> that what, <laughs> what you didn't realize is they were actually reaching out for help they were actually patriots trying to break, break free from <laughs> comments <laughs> maybe this patriotic american will help us if we reach out to him uh so you did it yourself whatever but anyways <laughs> all right so uh i i I read through your article on Hong Kong and um, I love you. You mentioned in there about uh, the percentage of like there was a a rating for like Hong Kong was like eight out of ten free versus China, which was like two out of ten free in terms of like a scale. And um, and, you know, I just I look over there and it's happening and I watch the news and it just breaks my heart to see people that are desperate to be free and they're willing to to really risk their lives on that. And I just don't understand why there's not more support on our end, uh, you know, from like, give me some insight on that.
3: Yeah, I agree. Like I feel as soon as I started reading about the Hong Kong protesters, I mean, it started right with a viral video of them singing the national anthem. Mm -hmm. So then I started, I think I probably saw that on Twitter. Then so I started paying more attention and like, reading the coverage from there and reading their grievances. And I I took like one Chinese politics class, but I don't remember anything. So I had to
2: like,
3: (laughs) I had to go back and like read about it and you know, the history of it. And um, yeah, like as soon as I saw, like read about it, it just struck me like you have people here who want to instill the very things like these people are running from. And I don't like what struck like, so, what strikes me, too, is our president tweeting, like, whatever he tweeted, like, oh, man. happy happy 70 years, China, <laughs> while this Hong Kong stuff is going on. And I've been, like, kind of disappointed that he hasn't been more pro-Hong Kong. But, I, of course, like, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, right? we have got mm-hmm. this whole trade stuff happening. Um, so, like, yeah, I don't know what his... What Trump's thing is with Hong Kong but yeah I agree with you I wish there was way more support um, for them than what we're
0: seeing well he's playing 4D chess <laughs> so <laughs> so right now what he's doing he's setting them up so that he can take out Biden with all of his uh, Chinese connections but, uh, I mean, that's
1: but, a good point
0: but what I was thinking though is um, he, he did tweet out Yesterday, something about a deal that he made with China that will be so good for our farmers that we may not even be able to produce uh, enough f- food for them, or something. Huh. And so, I know he's mm-hmm. working something, but that still bugs me because you know mm-hmm. I-, I loved Reagan's approach towards Russia. Let's let's literally make them so impoverished that <laughs> they can't they can't they can't have any choice but to break down their government. You know, mm-hmm. and so he started buying yeah. all the gold and and basically breaking them. And like, I don't understand why we don't take a better approach to that. Um, you know, I, I think,
3: and, yeah, go ahead. Well, Sorry. I'm curious, I'm curious, like, too what is like, I would, this is like the one period of time where I'd love to be in college because yeah. right. Like I went to a super liberal college here in Dallas and it was always, you know, America is the colonizer. <laughs> capitalism's bad. Wow. Um, all that nonsense and um what's it called so I would love to be in a college classroom to get to hear hear, like what professors are saying about this stuff Mm. because you have people here that like right we banned books right to kill a mockingbird I think I just saw um the color purple was banned like Uncle Tom's Cabin Mm -hmm. And then I felt like there was so many, like, so we're doing it voluntarily, I think, while like Hong Kong, or no, China is uh, doing it to Hong Kong. So I read one article about how they were kidnapping booksellers. It was straight from uh, Fahrenheit, right? Was it 451? 451. Um, Yeah, so it was straight out of the book. Like, these people were... So these booksellers, they were like the rebels, which is so cool, right? Because, like, <laughs> you think of you think of books and, like, book nerds, whatever. Um, but they're, like, the rebels over there. So they were publishing things that were not so um, complementary to the Chinese regime. And so they would literally kidnap them and mm-hmm. um, uh, imprison them in China. And, this, like, some would disappear for, like, years. And it was just all for selling... Selling books, so it's just it's weird to see like their society slipping into what I feel like people on the far left over here want us to be. Right. So that's what that's what struck me about Hong Kong and you know the whole article.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say it, it's so <clears throat> it's just such a good contrast. I mean, it really is a. I can't think of a more perfect embodiment of just the, the contrast right so you have these mm-hmm. guys in Hong Kong that are living under this totalitarian leftist regime and they're fighting mm-hmm. for freedom and they have these signs where they're like we wish we had the second amendment you know and stuff like this and wow I hadn't
3: seen that yet
1: oh yeah I, I think that was one of the first ones and uh, but yeah I saw this, this huge sign and they're, you know they're singing the American national anthem they're raising, mm-hmm. you know, the American flags, all this. No, It's so, I, I just got goosebumps thinking about that. <laughs> that sounds yeah. so corny. But uh, so you have these guys that are literally fighting, um, you know, and the cops are shooting them and stuff. Like there's people that have been in, seriously injured um, from mm-hmm. this totalitarian regime over there. Um, so they're currently living underneath it. And they're. And I think mm-hmm. it's different than Venezuela because Venezuela, they're just like, we're poor, but we... Um, we don't have any food and there wasn't this yeah. ability to rise up cause they didn't have any freedom at all. Um, but mm-hmm. you look at Hong Kong and they still, cause they're, I don't know, semi-sovereign, uh, sort of entity where they did still have some freedoms, especially economic, but you know, you have these freedom, uh, these freedom fighters and all this stuff that are championing, the conservative American values that literally, well, I, I mean, I think that's a <laughs> double, you know. Uh, um, the it, conservative values are American values, and American values are conservative, so it's kind of yeah. double speak there. But um, and then you have Americans that live in this system that are openly like they want that they want Chinese. Like it's the perfect analogy. You know, it, we have these mm-hmm. leftist people that they can't. Yeah, they want. China. Like what exactly what you said, the burning the books and stuff. We're doing this voluntarily and mm-hmm. they're fighting, they're gonna be in prison. The Chinese government does all sorts of stuff with the um I always mess this up, the, the Uyghurs or whatever I yeah. can the, Uyghur, the, the Uyghurs, Uyghurs, Uyghurs yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh the guys from Falun Gong, that uh, re- religion where they're harvesting their body parts and selling them, yeah. which is a whole other thing. But it's it, it just it's such a amazing contrast that people still over here will not um we have you know like the current controversy i know you're aware of it with the um well these different companies basically like the nba is the biggest one here but like openly Mm -hmm. bowing the knee to Mm. china purely for economic reasons it's you know that's the biggest one to me I, i think
3: And yeah and I think they have like the biggest egg in their face because they come, they, I, I wrote that tweet, like they come stateside and they can, you know, go to North Carolina and just tell them like, yeah, we're not going to have whatever game that they were going to have there mm-hmm. because you don't allow men and women's bathrooms <laughs> or whatnot. And then you had like PayPal um, do something similar. forgot uh, they didn't want to build, Uh, some offices somewhere, I don't know, because something, the stage values didn't align with the progressive ones. And like, so they can act really like hoity-toity here and say those bold things, right? And position position themselves as these progressive companies. But when it comes to China, (laughs) I mean, they literally, like a dog put their tail between their legs and put their head down and apologize to communists who killed, what, was it 40 million? Like it dwarfed the Holocaust or something. Yeah. Okay. And they're, to- they're totally like, I mean, it's funny, like when something real and valuable is at stake, they don't, they're not so, um, what's the word? Bold.
2: <laughs> right. In yeah. their
3: convictions.
0: Well, the, so, yeah, it's
3: just amazing.
0: And China will just hold up that money bag in front of them it's all about money exactly. and they do have a ton of money to i mean you have a billion people and uh, they have a propped up economy it's not as great as everyone thinks it oh, is oh yeah it's so, fake. so but but there is money there mm-hmm. and um and they're willing to, to you know to, to they're, they're going to hold it out in front of them and and yeah. uh, i i wanted to throw my phone the other day because of uh, Steve Kerr the NBA coach who mm-hmm. basically said Someone asked him about, you know, at, when he was in China or whatever, asking them, or was he ever asked questions about things? And he was like, we need to focus on our own human rights, <laughs> um, right. you know, right. uh, oh, atrocities God. and things. And I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? This guy's lost his mind. And uh, yeah. it's like their perception of reality is so skewed. I just don't understand it. If you've seen anyone or known anyone that's lived under communist rule, you um, it, it, they don't want it. They they want freedom, and they're willing to die for it. And to to think that yeah. there's a whole segment of our culture that is in our political spectrum as well that is willing that are willing to try and march us into that, man, it's really scary. Uh, yeah, you know just, that's a that's
3: a good segue into cancel culture too because. Yeah. China has this social credit score system where you're not going to be able to do anything if you didn't praise the party enough, or I don't know if you're not enthusiastic enough when the military comes marching through the streets. I don't know. Um, but then we have like this whole cancel culture here where people are digging through people's old tweets and jokes and, Mm. um, things. And basically, I mean, you guys probably saw what happened, um, with that guy from, Who was it that he raised all this money for the children's hospital? Yeah. And then, and then I don't know, like, I guess he deleted the tweet about Daniel Posh and like, I used to watch Daniel Posh and like, I think I tweeted about his (laughs) jokes or whatever. So, um, like that, so the reporter, whoever dug up his old tweets and then basically Anheuser Bush and whoever canceled uh, or severed ties with him. Gosh. Even after he had expressed remorse. Right. It, yeah, so that's like the self-voluntary social credit system here that they're doing in China, which I don't I don't understand. I mean, don't you want someone to be remorseful about something dumb they might have laughed at or said, which I'm sorry, but if it's comedy, don't you get a pass because it's comedy? N-
0: not anymore. Uh, or what, if it was said <laughs> like five years ago, come on. Like, like yeah. let's...
1: <laughs> yeah and I mean, I think the kid is in college, so he's less than twenty two years old, right? Uh, well, presumably, I mean, I didn't finish college. <laughs> but, uh, uh, presumably he looked like he was really young and yeah, i I didn't actually see the tweet either, but the I was gonna say that was a really cool incident um in the fact that after it <laughs> well, my favorite part was the the writer who actually uh, found <laughs> yeah. the tweet. Yeah. A, a whole bunch of people found old tweets of his where he, like, straight up said, like, the N-word and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that he, he actually did get fired from the <laughs> newspaper. I don't know if anyone found that. So that was one of these things that, again, and I think we said it in the beginning, you know, we're not fans of cancel culture, but I do have to say I was relishing in uh, – The irony that he lost his job, too, and I'm
0: happy about that. It's so ridiculous. It's like the snake eating its tail, right? You know, it's just
2: going to... Oh, my God. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy.
1: But, uh, hey, so how about to switch completely into the different thing that uh, I wanted to talk about because you just saw this the other day, and I know this is completely off topic, but whatever. Who cares? Um, You saw Joker. I saw Joker. Turner has not seen Joker. Because he's he's a loser and wasn't scared of getting shot in a movie.
2: Theater. What? <laughs> yeah, it's obviously because you're no. scared
1: and you didn't want to get shot. Hold up! I have a life. <laughs>
0: I have a family. Yeah, I have, yeah, I have yeah. Kids.
1: Whatever. I have a job. Whatever. Um, but uh, I have not been able to talk about. It. We haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. Uh, so you just saw it, and I also maybe it's kind of also. I'm trying to think if if I'm being as slick with the segues as I'm trying to be. Uh, that it's sort of cancel culture because people got super pissed about it. Like all these leftists and liberal people were like, this is terrible. I mean, even just the fact they were joking about getting shot in a movie um, that they were saying, you know, they're, uh, I was going to say, I said this before, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, the fact that they're saying all these loner incels are really happy that the joker movie is coming up right because it's going to empower these white male incels but white Mm -hmm. male incels are going to be the only ones to go see the movie so why would a white male incel go shoot up a movie theater full of white male incels at the so i never really got that logic of it because he'd just be like, those would be the people, presumably, that he would be cool with. You know, <laughs> the one people that understand <laughs> yeah. him. Um, but all jokes aside, the... Uh, so what did you think about it? Do you think that it was... um, Because I, I saw this other video this guy was talking about um, that it actually was not as transgressive or, like, our movie as... Maybe we made it out to be, but what, what were your thoughts on it?
3: Uh, so I saw all of the, right. The horrible takes before the movie and like the rise of incel violence or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I went, I, like, okay. Even if like that were to happen, well, practically what do you do? Do you stop making movies because some <laughs> crazy person might take that as a rallying call and go do something egregious. Like, what do we do? We just stop making any good movies. Like, the I think there was like another controversy with a Tarant- some Tarantino film. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so what does he do? Like, he's just going to tailor it to what people might do, um, after they watch it. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, but no, yeah, I saw it and it's like, okay, so even if they think that that would inspire incel violence. Like does that still, so are they acknowledging that perhaps like this is crazy. Like I'm just going to throw this out there, but like, <laughs> are they, are they acknowledging that perhaps like these lone wolf mass shooters are, could be treated terribly by society and mm-hmm. do something horrific that leads to Horrific killings like that. I mean, does that? I don't know. That's just that was just my thought
0: on so, that. I, I haven't seen it, so I'm gonna. I need to add. I just can I? Is it possible? So this is just my input, and if I'm off. without spoilers, With, well, no, I haven't seen it. So I, how can I spoil okay. it? Yeah, i
3: wasn't okay. trying to spoil it. Um,
0: <sighs> so is it possible that them putting a face to this terror subject, this terrorist, because he is. he's Basically, I'm assuming he becomes a terrorist, right? I mean, I know what he does in the other movies, but but they put a face to him, right? So they make him, they humanize this guy, Mm -hmm. and we don't want to humanize these people that go in and shoot up a mosque or a synagogue or a church or whatever. Mm -hmm. We don't want to humanize these guys. We want them to be monsters, and uh, you know, unredeemable or Mm -hmm. whatever. Is that you think that's part of the problem that people aren't connecting that way? Because I heard that it just makes him, it makes him look human like I, yeah. I, I i you know cuz he's treated so poorly right yeah like like a dog yeah. that you know gets kicked around yeah and...
3: yeah well yeah i mean um, the...
0: oh go ahead sorry
3: okay uh so is there like so your question like is there a problem with making him them human or i have no a different...
0: I, I have no <laughs> idea what i'm asking <laughs> no i i guess i'm making a statement i'm like maybe I think people get mad because we put a human face to, and it's not the typical. Like, if it was a trans person and we were putting a human face to that person, then oh, there would be all this. Like, this is amazing. It's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but because it's somebody who's actually like a white male, a I white, mean, he is white, yeah, white male. Right. He's probably hetero. He is, yeah. So because of that, <laughs> it's like, you know, he's a Nazi, right? He, he yeah. can't be. He can't be a good guy. He can't have feelings. Like, I think that's what it is.
1: And I was going to say, you brought up a really good point, Samantha, about, uh, the, and maybe this is maybe here in all of my brilliance and just trying to understand you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. My unmatched wisdom. Yes. (laughs) There you go. I'm president. (laughs) Um, No. Yeah. Anyways, I was going to say the thing about humanizing him and, uh, what you had said about the movie is, you know, why would we want to try to understand, uh, you know, these guys that are, you know, would presumably go shoot up these people, uh, you know, shoot up these, do these horrible crimes. Why would we try to humanize them, you know, as opposed to just, you know, crap on them more from the media? Because it's, you know, mm-hmm. the movie's not even out, but it's for them. And automatically these guys are going to go shoot up the movie theater. So we're you know, just crapping on a more when there's a movie that comes out that might actually make people understand, uh, you know, what some of these people, because I, I don't think this is giving anything away from the movie that people wouldn't gather from the trailers, that he had a bad life. Um, mm-hmm. And he had a, he grew up with a, he, you know, lives with his mom, his old mom. There's presumably no father in the picture, mm-hmm. which is a thing. So he comes from a broken home. Uh, you know, he, uh, you know, gets beat up by kids that steal a sign. This is in the trailer. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah, think of yeah, stuff that's all it. in the trailer. <laughs> you know, so he just gets crapped on. He's in this sh- crappy job. <laughs> uh, he's in this crappy job. He just has this crappy life. And all of a sudden he snaps, you know, presumably. Maybe that's what the trailer might lead you to believe. So, you know, why would we try to understand and maybe help these guys if this is a really good portrayal of what these people in real life, because these guys in real life seem to be latching on to, right? Like if this is accurate Mm -hmm. to them, um, you know, wouldn't more people like these liberals that are, oh, we need to help everybody.
0: Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. You would
1: want to see it. So maybe you get a grasp of what people, these guys are, they can't say, you know, they can't say this is what's wrong with me or, you know, all this stuff. I mean- yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah. I, so maybe, is that what you're trying to say, Turner? I don't know.
0: I don't know what I was saying. I, I already said that. I don't, I don't have unmatched wisdom. No. But, uh, <laughs> is he like an anti-hero in this thing? or what's Yes. His, is, okay, so. But it does
1: humanize him. Yeah. And I was going to say, so this is a, um, watch my unmatched wisdom and sleekness into um pivoting yet again from this movie perhaps um, (laughs) is that you, you said you you live in Texas and I know you wrote this piece that, um, and I I don't want to, I hate going from kind of lightheartedness to a a very serious topic, but um, we were talking about like the church shooting, the Texas church shooting. Um, You wrote a piece about the El Paso stuff that I I saw Ted Cruz, my man, Ted uh, shared, but uh, what about like, so you guys, you know, um, I, my U S state geography is so big. I know Texas is really big, but <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> presumably there was, and don't give any, I don't, I don't know anything. Um, but how did that, uh, you know, cause like that whole, you, you guys went through that, like in Texas, I don't think we had one. I don't know if we've had a mass shooting here in our area. The
0: Capitol, we had the, with the senators got shot, but. Oh, at well, the baseball
1: yeah. Game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say, uh, you guys have had a lot of that down there, and obviously you wrote that piece about El Paso, the shooting there, mm-hmm. and um, can you just talk a little bit about that? Like all that craziness? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So
3: the shooting happened on August 3rd. Um, I was having lunch with, like, my husband and my in-laws and we were going like to a ranger game that day. And then it was about 11 o'clock. And then I started seeing tweets about something active. There is an active situation in El Paso and um, we have like a military base there or not we, but like I used to live there. I moved away when I was about 21. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we do have military there So sometimes if we, if there is violence in El Paso, sometimes it'll have to do with military personnel. So when I saw like an active Mm -hmm. shooter somewhere, I thought, okay, well maybe it could be like domestic violence or something that's going on. Um, but then I saw like more reports come in and then the news just kept getting worse. And so I have family still there and it was the Saturday before the back to school stuff. So I have my aunt's a teacher, and then my grandma typically likes to shop on the weekends and get out of the house.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So um, immediately, I just started. I've never sent so many <laughs> "Are you safe?" text messages in my life. I was texting every friend I knew because even though El Paso it's a city, um, it, it's on the corner of Texas, but it's kind of like its own little island, right? It's not. It's eight hours from Dallas, and. So, you have Dallas, which is only two hours from Austin, which is only like, I don't know, one or two hours from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So, you have the big metropolitan, like the probably like the center of the political scene, right? In Austin, super far from El Paso. So, um, yeah. So, when the report started coming in, I got a hold of my grandma. She was okay. And then I got a hold of my aunt. She was out shopping, but she wasn't at that Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, and El Paso's not, El Paso's like the biggest small town you'll ever right. visit. It's like 600,000 people, but somehow someone's connected to someone or knows someone or knows your uncle or knows your cousin. Um, it's just crazy. It's just indescribable. So, um, yeah, I just had a terrible just reaction, like seeing the horror just come out of the city and, it, it, I've been to that Walmart several times when I lived in my dorm at UTEP. Mm-hmm. I would go to that Walmart because it's central. Um, and it's, it's super busy, but it's central centrally located. You know, you can pretty much it, any side of town you're going to, you're going to pass it. Right. So, um, yeah, i have been there several times. And so I just had like, I just had this overwhelming feel, feeling like I need to get home. Mm. Um, this is just bizarre because it's, I guess one thing that's striking about El Paso and that you heard in the reports is that it's safe. I could walk around downtown in the middle of the night in El Paso and not worry about a single thing. Um, I could leave my car unlocked uh, and I didn't really worry. Like, I mean, I could be like a naive college 20 something, 18 something, right? And be just so careless. And, you know, you were fine for the most part in El Paso. You know, I'm sure like there's always the outliers, but. Um, so I rushed home, I got a ticket and, uh, I was, I would, my grandma was super upset. She would watch the news and just cry like, uh, because she just couldn't believe it. And it happened early in the morning. So there was like a lot of old people who, you know, were unfortunately killed.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, um, so I, yeah, so I, I got there and I wasn't planning on writing a piece, but I was just so moved watching the whole community come together right away. They had like created a shirt and they raised like a ton of money and there was like a memorial behind the Walmart that I would go to every single day. Mm. And I would, I was still working, like I had to work. So I was working remote for the blaze. So I would go to a Starbucks, uh, right by, uh, where the incident was. Mm. And I was just kind of monitoring like all the journalists there from all over the world because, it, nothing ever happens in El Paso. So to okay. see like this, this flock of people from around every corner of the world there was intense to see. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I think like, I was just moved by the people and like, El pa- I know you like sadly, like we've had tons of mass shootings, right? Um, mm-hmm. so they've touched, they, you know, they have just increasingly touched a lot of people, but to me, for some reason, El Paso is really different. Um, probably cause I was there my whole life and, um, and how like, it's such a tight knit place. So, um, I just was inspired by the people and, uh, I saw the, this weird sense of peace over the everyone after like, of course, sadness, but like weird, like this unity kind of after what you saw, you know, after nine 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw that across the city and I felt really moved. And so I started writing my piece. And I spent one night at the Memorial, I think it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday before Trump's visit. So things really like things really kicked off when Trump announced that he was going to show up.
2: Yeah.
3: And, but I feel like that had to do with Beto and the Congresswoman who right away were disinviting him because they were right away. They claimed that his rhetoric, his rhetoric on Twitter was to blame, you know, the anti-immigration sentiment or whatnot which I just found so gross. I stayed off of Twitter mm. um, as much as possible during that time because I just saw, like, all the politicians using it as a tool uh, just to just bash Trump, which, I like, okay, he might say some crazy stuff or whatever, things that you don't agree with, but at the end of the day, like, it's up to the individual. No one, I mean, we all hear the same thing. We're all in the same country. We, not all of us are committing, like, these horrific things or whatever. So, um, I mean, it's personal accountability. And so, anyway, yeah, I was just inspired by the people, and I just wrote about it and what I saw there. And um, uh, I didn't. I purposely left out politics, honestly, because I feel like at that moment, like the human experience of it all is more important than yeah whatever. Beto's tweeting or whatever Trump's tweeting or um, whatever's going on. So, yeah, it was, it was, I'm glad I went back. It was really interesting to see the city react to the mass shooting like that. And then I guess, like, as you guys know, Dayton, Ohio, within mm-hmm. like less than 24 mm-hmm. hours, there's another one there. So it was, yeah, it was intense. It was uh, different to view it in the way that I got to or experience it the way that I got to. I can tell you, so many of my relatives, like, were afraid to go get groceries, you know, for a little while. And, um, but yeah, uh, it was it was a crazy, sad um, experience. But I'm really glad that I went down there and you know wrote about it.
1: Have you been back since? Like, has that <clears throat> uh, have you been back since?
3: No, I haven't been back since. Okay. You no, know? I did go to. I went to the football game, so. The, um, the Shooter's school, so he's from Dallas, where I live now. Mm-hmm. Um, his school is in Plano, and the one school from El Paso. So the high school in El Paso was scheduled to play the killer's uh, school. Oh, wow. So there was, like, a big, yeah, there was, like, major concern. Um, so the Dallas Cowboys, they lent them the their practice facility because it's more secure, mm-hmm. and they could do a better job screening. So I did, I went to that game and it was, it was pretty amazing. I mean, uh, the, you, I don't think like there's, n- I've never seen anything like that. Right. There, these students were kind of, they bonded over like this horrific event.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but it was a, weir- it was like a unique healing experience too, because the band did this whole thing together. Um, this whole March, so uh, El Paso went to Plano Senior High School, and they practiced with them, and then they did this unity performance, and then they like exchanged um, some uh, some gift. They exchanged like a gift, and yeah, it was it, it was really nice to like leave politics out of it and just like watch right. communities communities just heal on their own.
0: Yeah, that's the way it is. That's the way it should be.
1: Yeah, I was going to yeah. say when the uh I was living down in Orlando for two and a half years when I finished school yep, well I'm not going to dox myself. Maybe I was in Orlando. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't in Orlando. Maybe I went to a school in Nebraska. Um but I, I moved back from Orlando um actually a week right before the Orlando shooting. So that was mm-hmm. that was weird. Mm. But uh yeah, so I didn't get to experience it. well man i just was about to say i didn't get to experience that but i don't mean it in that way and that was a slip of the tongue but mm-hmm. um yeah so i i saw it was uh you know i saw the peripheral kind of stuff like that from friends that i had in orlando and didn't get to you know i didn't experience that uh thing but it's really i mean that's uh and i think that's very uh like that example of el paso like the town coming together cuz presumably it would be white people, black people, brown people, everyone, you know, from the whole town comes together. And that's really, you know, like in the piece you, you said it really well, but there's no politics that it is. I mean, that's what real America is, right. You know, that mm-hmm. we just come together and, you know, there's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like yeah. after 9 t- Yeah. And I'll
3: tell you something too that happened. So there was a tons of journalists and I met a Rowling and, I won't say her name because I don't. If she listens to this, or his want, name, um, or his <laughs> name, yeah, their their name. <laughs> G their. Um, so so this person went to El Paso and covered El Paso for about a week, and they came back, and my uncle sent me their article, and um, this person had a lapse in space and was just mm. in awe of the community and. This person went from, I guess, former Catholic to a reignited faith. Hmm. But the publication, which I thought that was that was really powerful, um, she showed me what she had written originally. But unfortunately, it was taken out of the publication. So wow. I thought that that was like uh. so compelling to go cover a story, and you have fallen away from your faith, but then you watch how these people are healing, and they're praying, and they're singing songs and this was at the Memorial Mm -hmm. and you're so moved by that, that you come back to Christ, but then, you know, some publication that leans a certain way says we don't want that in there. So that was like, uh, that was a really interesting kind of detour
2: Mm. after that.
0: They always say that after a tragedy like that, uh, church attendance like quadruples, it's just, People, yeah. people reevaluate suddenly what really matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know.
3: Yeah, and that's and that's what I mentioned in the piece is that there's been a super influential church in El Paso for a, li- a really long time called Abundant Living Faith Center, and like I said, nothing, nothing significant really or tragic really happened there. Thank God. And that sermon that he gave that Sunday, right there was I think probably record amount of attendees that Sunday mm-hmm. after the shooting. So I try to mention in my piece at the end, like that, that was the most probably important sermon that he's ever given in all the time that he's been in that city. And he's been so influential. Um, he, I mean, I remember his church, I think started out with like five people and now it's just thousands of people. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I've tried to like quickly listen to the sermon of what it was that Sunday. Cause I just felt like, he was going to influence El Pasoans and how they go forward. And I think right. he did, Charles even did, like, a really excellent
2: job That's of doing awesome. that.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's good to, I mean, it's, it's good to remember that, you know, as much as we <laughs> maybe st- started off talking and maybe I was uh, you know, calling them our enemies <laughs> and stuff like that, um, <laughs> it's important to remember it, to leave it on a high note, you know, that we all... Uh, yeah. We're all humans. Christ died for the sins of all, mm-hmm. right? And God, yeah. we are all children made in the image of God. So, you know, at the end of the day, politics, uh, you know, they are people, even though they want to destroy us, the leftists, and they want to, <laughs> they, they do want to harm us,
0: uh, we still have yeah. to... Well the you good know? news is is like when I go to the movie theater that <laughs> I'm afraid to go to. I'm I'm usually um well equipped to protect my family. Oh, I, I and those was around too. me that I love. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I strate- I do have to say I strategically picked my seat. Yep. <laughs> and uh um yeah, I I went with someone who was <laughs> intimidating and scary looking and we were uh,
2: yeah, right I wasn't
0: it. with you. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, my family gets annoyed with me because I'm like, well, I'm, when we pick the seats and all, you know, like when you're doing using the app, to, I'm like, get get those seats, get these seats, you know. And
1: no, they're not. They're in the middle. Right. Uh, I want to sit in the middle. You're yeah. Like, no, no, that's nope, where you, nope. That's first target. Right. <laughs> Have yeah.
0: some situational awareness. <laughs> you're the fat fish in the barrel there. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, um, yeah, get a gun and carry it. Protect yes. yourself because this will be the first. You'll be the first response to stop something crazy like that happening. Um, you know, if you're smart and and trained a little yeah. bit, you know, get some yeah. training. But
3: and be nice to people because yeah. that's yes. what I took out as the Joker. Yeah, that's be right. Be Kind.
2: <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> that uh, that that it was very. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if only, well, I don't want to give anything away, but you know, there was uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah I mean, there's a scene. There is a scene where yeah that uh, it pays to be nice to people. Cool. So, mm-hmm. anyways, do you have anything else that you want to specifically talk about or that is on your mind or heart to talk to the people? The thousands of, hundreds of thousands of millions of people <laughs> that are right, going yeah. to um,
2: You can say no.
3: <laughs> I don't. I think we covered everything that's right. been on my mind this week.
1: Cool. Awesome. Well... Thank you yeah. so much for coming on, and uh, it was a blast. It was
0: it was really fun. And really appreciate yeah. taking the time with us.
2: Yeah.
3: Thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Samantha. And uh, we are going to put all of your contact, yes, uh, you know, stuff in the liner notes. So your Twitter handle and all of that. Um, probably just your twitter handler (laughs) handle yeah um and uh so anybody else that wants to follow you on twitter and check out your work on blaze we encourage you guys to do that and um we just really appreciate you giving us your time and your thoughts tonight
3: thank you you guys too
0: awesome all right we'll catch you next time on all out war see ya Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next
2: time.